Hi, Chris. Hello, Rob. Welcome to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thank you very much. Let's talk about playtesting. So, today, we're going to grit our teeth, Chris. Bear that critique as we go through playtesting the necessary evil of this hobby. The self-flagellation of board game design. Wearing your heart on your sleeve is never fun. Um, but, you know, today we're going to try and and make that, you know, we've got the doctor in the house with Chris. So we're going to try and make that a little bit easier. We're going to go over the types of playtesting, how to get what you want, how to take feedback well and how to give it well, and some other lovely fun facts but chris yes i believe you're you're kicking off the alien test today and i'm a little bit nervous i am the alien test today is a bit different less aliens more preschool crash <laughs> so rob people often talk about play tests as being uh you know it's like your favorite child it's their first day at nursery and you think you think they are amazing and actually they might just not be and actually you've <laughs> got to take them to play school and you've got to introduce them and hope that people also like your children and that you're not yeah. going to have to make any, you know, big changes. You want people to play nice as well. Exactly. And I think that that's the playtesting of life. And I think that what I'd like <laughs> you to do today is you can either make a game up or you can tell me about a, a recent game design you've had in your head. And I'd like you to pretend that this is your child and you're introducing them to their play school teacher for the first time. And I want you to tell me what's, you know, I want the elevator pitch for your game, baby. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the elevator pitch for my game, baby. Mm, that's uh, that's that's good. That's tricky as well. But um, I, I think the, the best way of putting it would be for, I'm, I'm hearkening back to Nottingham Protospiel which uh, Chris is the administrator, organizer, keen host of. Um, I'm I'm sitting I'm I'm sitting my child down with all the other kids, and uh, and th- and this child, he's unbearable. <laughs> he's quite hairy as well. He's quite hairy as well, and and a lot of people think he's quite fun, but you know sometimes, sometimes he can be a bit mean, and I'm sitting down at this. Uh, <laughs> PTA meeting and then this teacher's basically telling me yeah so he's you know I like his spirit really really uh, gets on well with some of the kids but I, I think that you might need to uh, you might need to make him calm down a bit when it comes to punching other kids throwing their toys away stealing their pens I think that that's how I would describe this poor child and I would just look at him and say hey that's my boy I'm proud of you. <laughs> Beautiful. What a lovely what a lovely way to describe bear your child. <laughs> so yeah, I, the reason I did it like that was I think a lot of playtesting is putting yourself out there and actually you yeah. can feel quite vulnerable as you mentioned when you're asking other people to play. I I don't think it's something that gets easier. I mean maybe it gets a little bit easier, but I think it's something that it transcends just board games, but I think it's particularly difficult in this hobby when in the vacuum of your brilliance in your bedroom, you are making something and you're getting incredibly excited and you're viewing all the possibilities and you're seeing publishers lining up at the door and 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 it can be very easy, especially when you're starting out, to get a, a little bit um, put in the cart for the horse and, and going to a playtesting situation 
which we're going to discuss in a second, is it's always very daunting, isn't it, Chris? You might not actually hear what you want to hear. And actually, if you do hear what you want to hear too much mm. early on, there's probably something wrong. And there's probably yeah. either something wrong with the people you're testing with, they're possibly being too kind, which we'll talk about in a second, types of playtesting and, and who to playtest with. Or mm. there's something with the game where... I mean, it could just be that it's brilliant, but that's definitely the exception rather than the rule. It <laughs> um, could just be something with the game where maybe people just aren't getting what you want them to get, and so they're not picking up problems because they're not maybe getting the actual bits of the game that you want them to. So let's give a brief definition of what playtesting is for people who've never done it before, because I realise there might be people listening to this who they, they may have designed a game, but they actually mightn't have playtested it with, with people. So a quick sort of... Uh, definition rob what would you say playtesting at its heart is ultimately taking a rough prototype of something at the beginning it doesn't have to be rough the playtesting will go throughout the whole journey of a game um and uh, taking an idea um or a selection of them and putting them through putting them through different paces trying to find out different things trying to gauge people's reactions i mean the core thing that you want to do when you're playtesting is you you, you want to try and find the fun and you cannot simulate other people's emotions unfortunately (laughs) you can try you can think how they might think but empathy only goes so far yeah absolutely and and you know when we talk about simulation it's it's there's probably lots of ways you can talk about it solo design playtesting but it's it's probably the way you're going to be starting and that's ultimately when you're sitting down you've got your your idea maybe you're simulating in your head Maybe you've got a notebook and you're just in your head, you're imagining what this game's going to look like, how it's going to play. Maybe you've got a little prototype in front of you and you're going to basically be pretending to take other people's turns. Works well for some games, especially a solo game. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to hidden intrigue games, for example, well, you can't lie to yourself. <laughs> hidden information is difficult to do solo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, it's a great, it's where you're going to probably start. It's a great place to start. It allows you to sort of iron out a couple kinks, you know, going from paper to a prototype is a great place to try out simulation. Nothing survives first contact with the enemy. And luckily you can make those changes. Um, But, you know, over time, Chris, you want to try and like move on to the next steps. Like who else should you be playtesting with as you progress? So I'd say that probably people's natural next step, especially over the past year where we've had less people to choose from, would be sort of friends and family. And often that might be a partner or parents or children even, depending on the game you're playing. Um, And often they'll play with their, you know, significant others first as just a, like, flavour of what the game is like. And I think that that is definitely a valid first thing to do, but it comes with some potential pitfalls, I think. And those pitfalls are there for good reason. That's because people you like love you. And they don't they don't want to tell you that your baby's ugly. They're going to tell you it's beautiful and that that its nose was meant to be like that. Um, and so it's talking to people after you've got that initial contact uh, with people who are always going to be nice um, mm-hmm. to then think about, well, I probably need to be more brutal and take the baby to mm. the to the play group. Yeah, and, and you know, playgroups are, they could be uh, other designers. They could be people who, you know, maybe you don't know them too well. Maybe they're friends of friends. Maybe you can bribe them with pizza and beer. 
You get many more playtesters if you provide food. And I mean, if your game is great, then amazing. If it's not, then at least you've had pizza and beer. So <laughs> Exactly. Can't go wrong. You can run these sessions uh, sort of guided or non-guided. Yeah. Uh, sort of guided would basically be, I haven't, okay, I haven't written the, written the rule book yet. Um, and that's basically, sit down with me. I'm going to explain how things work. You can ask as many questions as you want. Um, I will sort of like try and help where I can. Non-guiding is a bit more, non-guided is a bit more like, I have written the rule book and I actually want to give somebody who's not played this game the rule book to see if that they, they can then play this game. Um, and then ultimately the, the sort of the gold tier the gold standard you might even pay for this privilege or go to a convention where you can get it uh, run for free is uh, blind play testing um, and that's ultimately give your game to a stranger they will play it with people who don't know you have no idea who you are no feelings to hurt they're going to give you really honest feedback and and usually at this point in, in the process this is where you're going to be finding out you know whether the game you have um, is, is, is a gem, whether it needs a bit of work, and it's just incredibly constructive, um, if maybe the hardest. I think that we'll probably have another episode on playtesting and more of the kind of the meat of playtesting and, and things that you want to ask and how to get the most out of it. Um, but something I think that newer designers often ask Rob is, well, how, how many playtests is enough? When am I going to be done with my um, five-hour intergalactic warfare game four five playthroughs should be pretty pretty good should get should get it nailed down there and um what would you what would you say to people ask that question i mean how long is a piece of string you can play test till you die if you need to um and and you can you can never get out of that stage and there has to be a point where you actually say no I'm going to go and take this to a publisher or to a contest or whatever you want to do it or just for yourself and say, I'm done with that. Um, I think ultimately, the more playtests, the better. It always. Um, you know, there is a diminishing returns point, um, for sure. As you're early on, you'll be playtesting lots by yourself. As you progress through friends and family and guided, non-guided and blind, um, the amount of playtests may be less, but they will be a lot more pointed and a lot more specific because you'll have hammered out the basics um and you know the good point here chris is like well the key point is like all of these different sort of types of playtesting you probably want to get something different out of each of them like what are the sort of things that people might want to be looking for like what's the aim you know of of sort of getting your game in front of all these different types of audiences at the initial stages you basically just want to get the general shape of your game and just kind of the the flow of the game does the basic idea work because if the basic idea doesn't work it's probably not worth pursuing too far you might as well say okay i'll spend my time on something else and the people you choose at different stages of playtesting depend on what it is you want out of it for example you'll start with friends and family to get the general flavor great then you might go to people you don't know as well to start hammering home well what is it about it that needs to be tweaked people will be honest with you and say this does work this doesn't work this needs changing as you get further and further down and more pointed you might think oh, i've got some problems how do i how do i fix those problems um, and it might not be your target audience who actually can help you so much with that. Um, and that's where events like protospiels come in, where you can go and test your designs with other designers. So not only are they going to be honest and find the problems, but they're also going to find solutions potentially and offer things, um, maybe situations they've seen before and ways of getting around that. Um, I think that's where that kind of feedback comes from. But it depends on what you're after um, from your playtest. I mean, putting it in front of as many people as possible is always good. If there's an aim in mind, then you're going to probably 
get more out of the session and contests is a great example where ultimately there is going to be constraints you're going to be putting it up people are going to be playing it you know just like the pro spiel but i mean yeah i think that there's there's so much you could talk about um i would love to say that it's a super easy journey <laughs> but it's definitely fulfilling when you get out the other end of it for sure definitely definitely i think it's worth it as I say, it is the self-flagellation of board games, but it is an essential part, and you will get better, and your skin will thicken over time. And so with that, Rob, I'm going to say goodbye to you. We will be revisiting this uh, in a future episode, but until then, I will see you at boardgamebud.com. And I will say goodbye to you, Chris. I'll see you at 10 minutes designchallenge.co.uk Thank you very much. This has been the 10 minute design chat on playtesting. Thank you very much for listening. And put your games through their paces.